Good morning, everyone. This morning, we are in Exodus chapter 15. And Israel has just been saved and been delivered and the sea has been parted. And the Israelites are in awe of the power of God, seeing them save them, but close Egypt up, the sea up upon them. And after they get out, they begin to sing and praise the Lord. And it's a, a wonderful section from verse 1 all the way to verse 18. I have some thoughts I want to share on it today. Let me first begin by just reading a portion of it. Then Moses and the sons of Israel sang this song to the Lord and said, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. Now, it goes on to continue to praise God and celebrate what God has done. And it's a real joy to, to read this. And one of the things I want to talk about this morning in regards to this is just, I think there's something that's been lost in Christianity that was really good in Judaism. And, you know, recall, obviously, our faith comes from, um, well, from Jesus, but it comes from a, a foundation of the Old Testament and the Jewish people. And they had many feasts and celebrations throughout the year. I mean, what we're learning about right now is Passover, which was one day, but then the next day, essentially, and the whole feast would be called the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and it would last a whole week. Uh, and, and, and in a sense, even eight days from the first day till the to the last day, so a full seven additional days. So really, eight days long, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and and they would celebrate and remember all that God has done, and they would have you know, meals together and they would remind their children about the miracle of God and saving them by the blood of the lamb and the plagues and parting the sea. And what a great thing that is, is to celebrate God, to remember what he's done. Then they, they had, uh, I'm just going to go over some of these Jewish feasts and days they commemorated the uh, first fruits. And that was just uh, one day. Then they had Pentecost, which was 50 days after Passover, and that's when Jesus you know, came in his spirit to live inside of the church many years later. That was a day. The Feast of Trumpets was uh, two days. The Day of Atonement was a day. The Feast of Booths is uh, six days. And then Hanukkah. Now, it's interesting. Hanukkah is the Jews were under persecution in the years, decades, really century before Jesus. And someone did a sacrilege thing in their temple. They were not free to worship the way they were. They were, again, heavily persecuted. And they they won their freedom and they won in the Maccabean revolt and they, they won their ability. This is again, before the new Testament days, they won their ability to resume worship in the temple by defeating an enemy. And that ended up becoming now 
the dedication of lights or Hanukkah, something that the Jews celebrate towards, uh, you know, our Christmas time of year. But really, they're commemorating how God delivered them from oppression and how they were able to take over their temple again and worship God. And that was an eight-day festival. Um, and then Purim, which was two days. So, I mean, when you add it all up, 2, 10, uh, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and 8, 30 days. <laughs> Look at that. 30 days of feast and celebration. Uh, and, you know, some of them are not, some of them are more holy or acknowledging you know, days of atonement or whatever, they're remembering different things. But some of them indeed are, are you know, all of them they would gather, and some of them are, are much more celebratory and praising God in nature. Um, Not nature like creation, but in nature, I think you know what I meant. But, you know, there's this show um, on VCY, and I, I, for whatever reason, I happened to hear it two years in a row. I think I just happened to be like raking leaves right around the time of Thanksgiving when this show was on. Sometimes I'll put my head headphones on and listen to a, a radio program while I'm mowing lawn or, or whatever. And I hit it two years in a row and it was around Thanksgiving, maybe like the day before. And everyone could call into the show and just say what they were thankful to God for. What did they wanted to praise God for? You know, we have this uh, holiday in America called Thanksgiving. So it was to be Thanksgiving towards God. And it's, it was such a encouraging program. I mean, just one person calling in after another, praising and thanking God for what he's done in their lives. Sometimes it's for their church, for their family, or maybe a healing or recovery or uh, that's happened in their lives or in their family's lives, and they're just praising God for it. And it's just so uplifting. And I guess my point is, is that like today, you know, we kind of have these built-in times where, you know, we worship God, um, but it's like, it's worship time, right? And we come to church, we sing our four songs, and then we, you know, listen to a message and we go home. But there's not like an extended time of celebration today, often in the church where the body gets to also speak up and worship and celebrate what God has done, like things are kind of like programmed and less intimate and less body participation. You know, a lot of times a church is, you know, a pastor speaking and, and everyone else going home. And, you know, here, Miriam, uh, Aaron's sister, she seems to be leading the way in this worship, but everyone's just celebrating the goodness of God. Now they of course saw something amazing and incredible, but God has asked us to remember this forever. And, you know, now it's the last supper um, and the night that Jesus died, it's good Friday, but it's still Passover. And, you know, I think, you know, at our church, we're going to try to do something like this. We're going to try to do more celebrating of what God's done and allow the body to participate in that celebration it's just very encouraging. And, you know, sometimes we should be doing it consecutively too. You know, like, like a lot of times, you know, we just do a one, a one time thing. And like some of these, there was, I think three different holidays or festivals that I read about that were extended for like a week. 
And we, we don't have anything like that anymore. It's like we don't do anything like that anymore um, where we're getting together with God's people and celebrating for more than just like a day. So I think I think there's something to be said for this. Um, I mean, this th- these kind of celebrations took place throughout Old Testament history. And um, anyways, I think we, we need to learn how to praise our God and be in fellowship with one another. So enjoy reading that. I'm going to just kind of close it out um, in verse 17. The place, O Lord, which you have made your dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which you your hands have established, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. For the horses now, verse 19, it appears to be out of the song, but now they're they're saying why they sang this song. For the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea on them. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea. You know, and sometimes it can seem kind of odd when you're celebrating the destruction of others, but for that that would make doesn't make sense or it's harder to make sense for people who are not at war. But you know, if you have people who are trying to kill you, uh, you know, you don't rejoice um necessarily in the death of people. But if they're trying to kill you and God delivers you and takes them in order to save you, that's something you're going to celebrate and praise God for. War is brutal. And, um, you know, they, they, they had Egypt coming on their heels, and it would have probably been their destruction uh, almost assuredly without God's hand moving. Verse 20, Miriam the prophetess. Now, that's interesting, right? And I think that's good. We got a woman here being a prophetess. and you know, women are can be powerful in God's kingdom. I'm not going to get into all of that right now, but God has given gifts to men and to women. And, you know, praise God for women's faith and women being used for the glory of God here. Miriam the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took the timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dancing. Miriam answered them, sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted the horse and his rider he has hurled into the sea. So look at that. What a celebration. Timbrels with dancing. Um, praise God. You know, they're they're just in full celebration. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur and went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Mara. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. Now, a lot of times Israel is criticized for their grumbling, and we're going to see a lot more of that as we go. And and indeed, there were some times to be to see um, their waywardness. But I, I I mean, I tell you what, people are people. And even today, uh, you know, there's you're, when you're leading people, there's going to be challenges. It's just the way it is. And, you know, it also, I want to say like humbly here, if you, if you are out in a hot climate and you're three days with little to no water, uh, that's extremely challenging. I mean, that's, that's like, you're, you're starting to worry about death, you know, if, if you don't have water soon. 
So, you know, I guess I wouldn't be so quick to criticize or necessarily think that we would be different if we were three days with very little to no water in a desert. Um, we'd be we'd be crying out saying, God, you know, why did you bring us out here too? And now that seems kind of shallow after all that they've done, um, all that God has done. But, uh, you know, water is critical to our survival. So uh, this is a miracle here because a tree doesn't make a big area of water sweet, but it does if God wants it to. And, and he is showing his hand and he's providing for the Israelites. Then... Listen to this, and this closes with a really strong word. Then he made for them a statute and regulation, and there he tested them. And he said, and listen to this, and I, I think this is for all time. You know, this is for us to listen to this. If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God. Now, what is that now? That's the word of God, right? The voice of the Lord our God is the word of God now. If you will give earnest heed, if you will be really want to hear, adhere, listen, follow, obey what God has taught us. Oh, how critical this is. If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight. And, you know, if we lived life as though we were in the sight of God, the audience of one, it's called, you know, like God's always in our audience, right? He can always see what we're doing. And sometimes we forget and we just do what we want to do, not realizing that we're to live to please and honor the audience of one. He's there. He's in our audience. We should be doing what's right by him and pleasing him. And guess what happens when we do that? We're saved from so many problems when we just do what's right by our by our Lord and obey and follow his word. If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right, in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have put on the Egyptians for I, the Lord am your healer. Now they have just seen God work powerfully and, and really make life miserable for the Egyptians. And he's saying, listen, if you'll just give heed to me, if you'll obey my voice, if you'll hear my word, if you'll follow me, none of that's going to come on you. I'm not going to do what I did to the Egyptians on you. Oh, would you just please give earnest heed to me and my guidance and my words. Then they came to Elam where there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms, and they camped there beside the waters. And that must have been a lovely place to have all that fresh water and, and the date palms. And uh, God is providing for them now in the desert. And he's preparing them for the law. He's preparing them for what's going to come. He's preparing them for the word of God, which they're about to get. And he really wants them to heed, hear, listen, obey his teaching. And it's going to be for their blessing and it's for our blessing too. And may we live for the audience of one.